To our podcast, resting fuck face, resting witch face. I'm so sorry. Oh, this, this <laughs> what I'm it? doing? I guess we're starting. Okay. Do you want me to? Yeah, do you want no, me to redo no, this? No, no, I actually absolutely do not want you to. Okay, this. great. Um, this is a podcast that we host, and our names are Bailey and Grant. Yes, and it, we are your one stop <laughs> for all things spooky, bitchy, and more. Yeah, I guess if you want to say that, you can. Um, <laughs> what up? B? What what up, G? Uh, remember in in uh, college when we were like obsessed with the idea that our fr- our friend because our friend group was you me and Sammy and we mm-hmm. would call each other B S and G like mm-hmm. they do in Gossip Girl and you were yep. Georgina yep and um, you were Blair and Sammy was obviously Serena obviously and like were those close to our personalities in any way I mean maybe for you I mean I <laughs> am a psychotic <laughs> you are bitch. you are a, a Michelle Trachtenberg if I've ever seen one that in the flesh true. that is very very true I will take that comparison and wear it like a badge of honor <laughs> yeah I would unfortunately say that I don't think those nicknames have really stuck but I have no I have forged forward with trying to get people to call me B forever and now I start I started using it in my emails and now people at work will address me as B in emails so like we're part of the way there um speaking of tv yeah i did have to say also this is a little bitch so oh yeah as you guys know we never decided what these would be so we just talk about whatever we want yeah just (laughs) just like a a nice slice of a full episode yeah one could call it a mini-sode but here we are here we are they tend to be the same length as our regular yeah they're exactly the same except we do less work um i had to tell you Yes. And I finally, finally watched Dead to Me. Oh my god! I finished it yesterday. Congrats! Um, and I wanted to talk about it just for a just for a sec. Absolutely, so, I rewatched it. Okay, so. great. Well, guys, <laughs> if you haven't watched it, there might be spoilers in the next like three minutes of us talking. Just so you know. Um, but I loved it. Isn't it great? It's great. Mm-hmm. It's like it truly is like right up our alley and mm-hmm. right up our listeners' alley. I think. Um, Christina Applegate and Linda Cardellini are doing incredible yeah incredible work probably some career best work I yeah would say. and it is like a roller coaster ride because i, I mm-hmm. feel like there are some things that i predicted from the beginning but like i think my favorite part about it was that i loved the female friendship like i really loved the relationship between them and i was kind of mourning the loss of that the entire time because i was like okay there's no way that they're obviously mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're obviously there's no way they're going to be able to be friends after this because spoiler alert linda cardellini killed christina applegate's husband and yes. it's now like in a hit and run in, in a hit and run so. and then like very uh, i mean it is very psychotic that she's mm-hmm. like okay i'm gonna befriend that woman yeah i'm just gonna insert myself right into her life right into the yeah. guest house but they did a great job of making me sympathize with her anyway yes and then they find a way at the end to bring them back together because then christina applegate kills linda cardellini's boyfriend so mm-hmm. now they're in this together again i'm like okay great so you're both crazy yep. and you guys can be friends now <laughs> like yep. it's it is fucked up it's super but it is up, good. And it's really good. And I think that what I really appreciated about it is I feel like there are certain like genuine reactions to things. Absolutely. That, like, 
I thought it was like, yep, that's how a character, like, that's how I would respond. Like, yeah. I'm thinking of the scene towards, I think it's in the final episode when um, uh, Judy shows up at the, the, the house. house. Yeah. I was just about to say that. Yeah. That was some of the best work I've seen from Christina. Like, the way that they were interacting in that scene, I was like, this is real. This is real. Yeah. Like, it was brilliantly brilliantly done and yeah because at first i was like well they could take this another direction in where like i'm sorry i I keep forgetting their characters names judy judy and jen Jen, where judy like tells jen that she killed her husband and jen's like good fuck that guy like they could have taken it in a very like kitschy fun place rather than her just being like is there anything i can do and she's like like, you you could die die. i was like fuck yeah, I love that. And I love that I, my initial, I mean, as soon as I started watching the pilot, I was like, okay, like, mm-hmm. obviously Judy was the one, like Judy was involved in hit and run. Uh-huh. But what I thought was going to happen is the big twist it was actually like Steve that was driving and I Judy thought was so just too. in the passenger seat. And then so we too. could just be like, blah, 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 like morally justify it. But right. It wasn't, and or I thought they were going to give, I thought they were going to give a little bit more of an explanation as to like what happened that night. And like, mm-hmm. you, you were going to see Steve be like, like forcing her hand more right. than you see, which I think maybe would have made things a little bit stronger. But then at the same time, it's also like, I like that they're playing with that expectation of, of like Jen says at one point, like, Oh, I never pictured a woman behind the wheel. Like I never pictured a, that a woman would be able to do this. And it's like, yeah, she fucking can. She's fucking crazy, but also totally not in a lot of ways. But yeah, and I also like they play with I I keep calling her crazy and I feel mm-hmm. like that's something that they also play around with a lot in the show is just being like let's not use that word, like let's not call each other that. Yeah. Um but like in a lot of ways like I think you could justify calling her that, but yes, uh it's there's also definitely some crazy emotions. Right, but it's also like crazed like behavior. But she's also someone who's been through a lot of loss, who's Mm -hmm. obviously going through a really difficult time and is reacting in maybe not the best way, but she's also grieving. And I think it's, it's just really nuanced in the way that they, they they look at grief and they look at mental health and absolutely. Yeah. I really, really, really recommend it. Hopefully if you haven't seen it, you didn't just listen to that because I fucking spoiled it all. But I mean, it's been out for a couple months and you could have skipped until right now. Yeah. We're back. We're back. And apparently Spoilers they're, they're getting right. another season. So Yes. I hope they have 55 more seasons. Uh, agreed. Uh, what are we What are we here to talk about today? So for this week's Little Bitch, um, in true RWF form, we love it when you guys send in your stories, and especially when you do like a full deep dive <laughs> research for us. Yeah. So the story is from Chelsea, and she sent this in as... Um, I guess this is like her hometown murder. Mm-hmm. Per se, like, cause I think she kind of phrased it as like, yeah, she, she starts off by saying like, hi, I absolutely love your podcast. And while I don't have any really spooky stories, I do have a very local true, true crime story to share. Mm-hmm. Um, which we love. Yeah. Don't, don't get us wrong. Like they don't spook like true crime is just sometimes as spooky as. Yeah. And I was, you know what? I was thinking about this the other day. Cause we, I feel like we have been talking about true crime and murder a lot on this show and we obviously love the spooky stuff and we love the ghost stories, but I think like sometimes it's just, it's hard to find those stories because like with a murder, it's like, these are the facts and this Mm -hmm. actually happened. Whereas like with ghost stories, it's often like, oh, they felt a chill, but like maybe it was nothing. Whereas like with true crime, it's just like 
fuck that like yeah. super dark thing is real and we have all the information so i feel like sometimes we gravitate towards sex it's just like easier to tell that story i completely agree slash like a lot of it like i feel like when i've gone and like researched like different haunted houses mm-hmm. they all kind of sound the same totally yeah and often they involve murder so right. it's like well right like the stakes just feel <laughs> higher when it's real true crime but um yeah this is chelsea thank you so much this is amazing i have not read this and I'm really excited for you to tell me about it so I'm excited to tell it to you too so she doesn't actually say where this story takes place but it's definitely in New Jersey okay there are definitely a lot of New Jersey towns um referenced okay great Um, since it is a true story I could have looked up exactly where it took place but did I no didn't she like include some articles yeah she like as well has like citations at the end okay amazing I love more than we've ever done great so So this is um her TED talk and her research paper (laughs) um so she says um not five houses away from mine just around the corner and across the town line lived susan uh, sorry suzanne bardzell a mother of two teenage sons and a special education teacher at community high school in teaneck my guess is that this takes place in teaneck Mm -hmm. which is in new jersey um in 2012 she met arthur j lamondo on a dating app but the relationship became hostile in the coming years friends and family noted that they in quote fought like cats and dogs all the time Mm -mm. That's just screaming cats and dogs. <laughs> Do people fight like cats and dogs? I don't know, but that's probably not what you want in a relationship. No, definitely not. This escalated in the fall of 2015. On October 5th, Suzanne Barzell reported that Lamondo had broken into her home while she was sleeping and no. awoke her, wielding scissors and commenting how easy it would be to kill her. Fuck! Like scissors. Okay. Yeah, that's like honey. I like to be woke in the middle of the night with like a nice like spoon. A spoon. <laughs> like a gentle spoon from I my lover. You, if you wanted some I thought you might want some ice cream, so I brought oh, it. Yeah. Okay. Um he fled the home and Midland Park police told Barzell it would be her word against his and that there's apparently no material evidence of the incident. Oh. Like great police work. I love that. That might my, my truly I'm sorry, not to interrupt, but like I think my worst nightmare and a lot of women's worst nightmare is knowing that someone is putting you in danger and and living with that fear all the time and having no one take you seriously. Yep. Okay. Anyway, well, I should have listened. Yep. Um. Obviously, this story does not end well. Okay. Uh, Barzell, however, was obviously shaken and subsequently had security cameras installed at her home. On October 8th, Barzell obtained a restraining order, and within one day, Lamondo had violated that order four times. What? Yeah. Oh, my God. He also attempted and failed to have the order dismissed, violating the restraining order by contacting one of Barzell's friends to implore that they convince her to have it withdrawn. Investigators later found that at this time, he had purchased a knife and began researching how to inflict deadly wounds. What? <laughs> like. Okay. There's a lot of red flags that yeah. are like. At every corner. Okay. And yet, the justice system does not work fast enough. Mm. On October 10th, after Barzell reported seeing his car in um, her neighborhood, there was apparently a, um, a 45 officer manhunt involving 27 different Bergen County Police Departments before LaMonda later turned himself in. So obviously, like, they do see him as a threat. Right. But... Okay, obviously a huge threat to involve, like, the entire police department. Yeah, but he was released um, after posting $10,000 bond fuck i like don't understand i mean like hmm, it's tricky because like on the one hand it's like yes like those checks and balances are set in mm-hmm. place like, so that people like if they are innocent and are arrested like right they have the op- or like just that everyone has the opportunity to like be able to like get out of jail if they mm-hmm. can but also like 
I know. I, I, t- I tend to think like I'm sure that a lot of police officers and detectives as well are really frustrated by all that red tape. And I also am sure that they're dealing with a lot more cases than we think they are. Oh, um, but it is it doesn't help. It, it doesn't make it no, feel less frustrating. Definitely not. Um, so aside from violating the restraining order by physically being near Bardzell's home and contacting her friends, Lamondo also began contacting the administration of Bardzell's school as part of an absurd smear campaign attempting to get her fired. He sent the school naked pictures of Bardzell, <gasps> claiming she had posted them to social media. He also used a burner phone to stage text conversations with Bardzell in which she was depicted as calling students animals and using using racial epithets. Oh my God. And he then also um, sent the screenshots to the school. Um, obviously he was unsuccessful because that's absolutely insane. Like what? Like what a piece of garbage. Yeah. He's got some real, real fucking issues. And I don't like, I mean, I'm not about here to make claims of mental health because it, that this, that does get brought up. Yeah. Um, but I never understand like the, like this form of like obsession with mm-hmm. significant other where it's like, I'm obviously it's about control. Right. It's just like, just like, I know the girlfriend, man. I know. But, or the point where it's like, okay, you're so obsessed with the idea, like you're so worried about losing them. You're so obsessed with them that you get to a point where you decide to harm them. And so if I can't have you, no one can. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. I feel so bad. Okay. No. Um, Then came October 22nd, 2015. Um, My brother and I had just returned home from college. We commuted to and from the same school at the time. I don't think we had been more than an, and then half an hour, sorry, I don't think we had been home more than half an hour when my brother came into my room and I pulled I pulled my earbuds out to hear helicopters overhead. Oh, no. My father went to the corner where we could see cops had blocked off the main road and were directing traffic down our street. He, he returned uh, pale-faced to tell us that someone had been murdered. <sighs> I saw this coming. Right. Um, that afternoon, Bardzell had pulled into her driveway while on the phone with a friend. The friend heard a panic screaming and a male voice saying, I'm sorry, I have to do this to you. No, you don't. Before the line went silent. You don't. Yeah, you really don't. That's really? also like the most horrifying. That like, is. Like, I don't know. Like, no. Yep. <laughs> that's not how that works. <sighs> It's also like when every single person in that neighborhood, every single person in her life could have fucking told you this was going to happen. Yeah. Like it. Th- oh, fuck. Yeah, it's bad. It's really, really bad. Okay. Uh, the friend called 911, but it would be too late. Um, security cameras outside the home, which again, she had installed, <sighs> recorded Lamondo breaking her car window, Barzell fighting back, kicking at him, him standing up, opening the car door and stabbing her more than 30 times oh with God. a 15 inch machete like knife. Oh my God. And Barzell had apparently also hired an armed uh, personnel security detail that was set to begin in approximately a week. Oh my God. After the murder. It's like she was doing absolutely everything she could to protect herself because no one was helping her. She was, I mean, she was going above and beyond. I mean, like you'd think that, yeah, you'd think that she wouldn't have to get, you know, install security cameras and like hire an armed personnel, like security service. That's insane. But. mm. Okay. Um, Lamondo had driven 70 miles from Long Island to Midland Park and waited in the bushes at her house for 90 minutes. Um, he was probably already there as my brother and I drove past on our way home. Oh my god! Which, like, <gasps> as a reminder, this um, the story is like from the neighborhood, right? Like, yeah. Um, after committing the murder, Lamondo attempted suicide by jumping in front of a Manhattan subway train. Uh, why don't like, you do that? Just do that first. <laughs> you know what? Sorry. Or do, or do it where you don't involve <laughs> or seek a help. Bunch of people. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> Unfortunately, he did not die. 
However, he did have both his feet amputated, oh. making him permanently wheelchair bound. Sorry, the story is insane. I uh, <laughs> okay. Um, he unbelievably attempted to sue New York Transit for fifty million dollars, denying that it had been a suicide <laughs> attempt. However, that this was obviously dropped. Stop. Um, Investigators found he had sent a suicide note to multiple family members by text. Included in the note was, I killed Sue. She forced my hand. What? And women always bring me down. Stop. Like, stop. That makes me want to, I'm vomiting. Yeah. Sorry, Grant, but I'm vomiting right now. Quick vomit break. (laughs) And we're back. Um, In early 2016, he was indicted on eight counts, including murder, weapons offenses, hindering apprehension, stalking, witness tampering, and violating a domestic violence restraining order. He was held at Bergen County Jail with $15 million bail and no option to pay 10% and be released, which I guess is a thing. Yeah, I'm reading this. I'm like, what? I don't know what that is. I think it's like, I think um, I think if you're held on bail, like let's say you're held on $5 million bail. Yeah. I think if you can produce 10% yeah. of that $5 million, you can leave. It's a weird thing. Then why don't they just set the bail at $500,000? Really Maybe because okay. they hope that, I don't know. Great. Um, The three-week trial began three years later on January 22nd, 2019 in Hackensack. LaMondo pled not guilty due to insanity, of course. Mm. The defense's psychiatrist witness testified that LaMondo could not be considered criminally responsible due to his diagnosis with bipolar disorder. Um, He he had also been diagnosed with major depression and impulsive disorders and previously was was admitted to a psychiatric hospital once in 2003 for depression and again in September 2015. once before the murder for having suicidal, th- sorry, one month before the murder uh, mm. f- for having suicidal thoughts. The okay. prosecutor's own psychiatrist testified that Lamondo's condition would not affect his cognitive abilities, indeed making him culpable. Duh. Because, yeah. and again, me- most people who yeah. have bipolar or depression or any number of mental health struggles mm-hmm. do not commit no. murder. I'm sorry that he was struggling with that, but like, I'm way more sorry that his girlfriend is dead. Yes, seriously. After only three hours of deliberation on February 19th, 2019, wow, this is really recent. Yeah. LaMondo was found guilty of all charges by a jury of seven men and five women. Good. An awesome quote. Um, end quote. LaMondo, who spent the three-week trial scribbling on a yellow legal pad, lowered his head when police guided him out of court past the empty pews reserved for his friends and family. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, wah, wah. Sorry. Um, he was due to be sentenced to life in prison in March 28th, 2019, um, I can't find it, but I remember seeing an article in the suburban news for our area that his attorney appealed to the judge trying to be excused from representing LaMondo as he had. Surprise, surprise, because hostile and threatening, um, uh, as he had, surprise, surprise, become hostile and threatening to his legal team after his conviction. Uh-huh. I believe the attorney's request was rejected. Like, even your own, like, even your own attorney's like, can I not represent oh this? Oh, my God. <laughs> um, but wait, it gets better. And mm. by better, I mean worse. Ugh. Arthur LaMondo is an ex-NYPD officer. Oh, my God. Okay, what I'll say about that, maybe maybe you're going to go into it, but, like... Yeah, there's a lot about it. It's also possible that, like, there's PTSD from that experience, like, it, that that uh, that contributed to his depression. I don't know. Why don't you just read one? Yeah, <laughs> but, but I, uh, I still... Still, of course. There are plenty of people who live with PTSD who sure. don't commit murder. Like, that's just going to be my... yeah. Yes. Um, I'm sure you're shocked to hear that he had bounced around multiple precincts because of arguments with fellow officers and because, let's be real, he's just a general shithead. Right. In September 2003, he had uh, submitted an application for retirement on ordinary disability, citing his depression, insomnia, and fatigue. 
A department psychologist decided he was fit for duty for whatever reason, and his request was denied. Oh. That seems to be a a theme for him. The next month, however, the the decision was overturned. They re-examined his request in early 2004, and on June 8th, NYPD Chief of Personnel and Medical Unit Chief actually uh, recommended his termination. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, he was fired in July of 2004, supposedly due to work viola- violations of vacation and overtime policies. Um, it was found that he was working off-duty as delivery truck driver 20 hours a week, which I guess isn't allowed. Whatever. As he was fired only days prior to his disability retirement taking effect. Oh, no. Oh. He filed suit to be reinstated. Another apparent theme for him. He was unsuccessful. Again, highly thematic. Ooh, that's actually that actually kind of sucks. That sucks. But it's also like if... If you have a police officer who's like, I'm unfit to be in service, and they're like, no, you're fine. Like, that's yeah. not who I want out on no, the street. No, definitely not. I mean, and you do, I feel like there are a lot of instances of that in of law course. enforcement and in the military. Right. Um. So the asshole was a cop for 10 years. So what? <laughs> <laughs> well, in March 2017, Bardzell's estate, i.e., um, her sons had filed a lawsuit against Midland Park PD for not taking the proper steps to protect her from Lamondo. Good. Alleging they'd shown favoritism to Lamondo due to him being an ex-cop. Oh. Because that would be so far-fetched, right? The suit also alleged that police had disregarded multiple of Barzell's claims in the month leading to her death because she had filed two previous domestic violence charges against Lamondo in years past, and the MPPD had stopped taking entirely seriously. What? Wouldn't that m- make you take her more seriously? Yeah, you think. Again, authority figures discounting a woman's complaints against a male partner because they think she's being overdramatic or lying. We are all shocked. Thank you. No idea whatever came of that, but I hope the boys won. Now for me to hop on my soapbox. This is still <laughs> Thank Chelsea. you. Um, Thank you, Chelsea. <laughs> I live not even a block from where this happened, just over the town's border. I'm pretty sure I can see that house from my backyard. Don't you think it's strange that there was a manhunt for a stalker who was demonstrably dangerous and we were never notified to look out for for this man or his car i do think that that is fucked up yep we literally no idea this was happening even before the manhunt just when there was the restraining order in place that he was repeatedly that he repeatedly violated what if we could have seen his car and reported it what about if he had snapped and decided to take it out on other people maybe this isn't that isn't part of standard procedure but like how can it not be Mm -hmm. and how um, absolutely infuriating is it that this woman had to hire her own armed security guards. That's in all caps. Yeah. Because the police were unwilling to post their own detail outside her house. The story gets to me to this day, especially thinking about the possibility that this horrible, evil man was already there as my brother and I drove past. Mm-mm. The thing is that, yes, Lamondo had tried to get help for his mental issues for years. He had seen therapists, gone to the hospital. Um, and she says in parentheses, I have no idea if um, he was ever medicated. However, it was not enough. Mm-hmm. Whatever the police did was not enough. And Susan Barzell died at 48 years old because of it. Anyways, that's my story. We live in a very safe, relatively bougie area, so normally all we get are car accidents and overdoses. Wow. I mean, that's, that's still not great. Though there, recently, though there was recently a pedophile sting uh, run by the county, I think, that caught something like 17 horrible, disgusting men local and abroad. Ooh. Jesus. However, the local newspapers can really have some hidden gems when not reporting on the controversial opening of a new retirement home at <laughs> a previously undeveloped Reed Grassy piece of land in town. Um, again, I can't express how much I adore your podcast. Uh, fuck the entire patriarchy. By yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Chelsea, that was so good. Yeah, That's so good. more thorough than I've ever been. Thank you for bringing that to <laughs> attention. And we love, um, we love stories like this. So please... Please send them to rwfpodcast at gmail.com. Um, and maybe maybe you'll get hear your story read. Yeah. I mean, like, we love stories like that, but also um, 
hate stories like that because, I mean, that is just, that's just so sad in so many ways because it's like, like what she's saying at the end is like, he did try to seek help. Like she Mm -hmm. did try to seek help. Like Mm -hmm. there were, the steps were taken to try to prevent this from happening. And it's just like so many systems failed both of them, especially her, but like him as well. Well, yeah, by her byproduct, like her, yeah, byproduct of the system failing him. Yeah, exactly. You know, if he'd been able to get seek the treatment that he needed and the help that he needed, then and to like leave leave the police force when he felt that he needed to. Like, there's so many there's so many factors at play here that led yeah. to this absolutely horrible thing happening. And him, unfortunately, as fucked up as it is, him feeling like he, he had to do this, like yeah. he something in him told him he had to do this, which is insane. Insane. Uh, okay. Right, anyway. Well, just a refreshing little bitch for you, as always. Um, thank you for listening. Please rate, review, and subscribe, and you can follow us um, on Instagram and Twitter at RWF Podcast. Um, like Grant said, you can send us your stories as well. Um, it's always so interesting to hear them from a personal perspective like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it. by the way, Chelsea, it is fucked up that no one told you that that criminal was living in your neighborhood because yeah. like, I mean, maybe it's not part of procedure, but I feel like when I was growing up, if someone like, I remember a day when someone like robbed a bank in a nearby town and they like had, the whole town was like shut down. yeah, they had like Same shut down my was, school yeah. system. Like everyone like was freaking out. So I don't know. That's crazy. But well, I think it just also comes down to the fact that people don't take stalking seriously. Yeah, totally. I wonder if that manhunt even happened. I mean, I'm sure it did, but I'm conspiracy theorizing. I mean, the fact that he broke into her house, like, wielding scissors and, like, nothing was done to begin with is, like, already, like, well, great. Amazing. Um, (sighs) Well, again, thanks, everyone. And bye, Bye, bitches. bitches.